Ain't that something? We are so back. <laughs> you are locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, March 31st. Are there 30 or 31? Yeah, March 31st. 2023. Thank you for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every single day. Download the Game Time app today and create an account using code Lockdown MLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All righty. Well, we're back. That is for sure. If I know one thing about the Detroit Tigers, I know that they are back. And uh, in in full effect, the Detroit Tigers have yet to score a run in the year 2023, dropping the... Oh, man. <laughs> tough, tough day. Tough day. Tigers lose 4 to nothing to the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa on opening day. Um, let's, let's talk about it. Okay. If you're, if, if you are looking for like the sky is falling, I'm going to scream and freak out and say, oh, they're the same old tigers. Look, nothing changed because of one baseball game against one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball. You're not going to find that here. So I'm sorry in advance and, and I don't expect that over the next 28 minutes, like at all. Okay. This is game one against Shane McClanahan, and we are still not a very good team. Okay? <laughs> yes, it's frustrating. I'm, I'm frustrated. I would love to talk about a run, literally just a run. But I'm not doing the, the like, gimmick of, look, it's the same team because, because of opening day against Shane McClanahan. It's not happening here. Okay? Um, let's talk about the game though. And let's talk about what I did see in this ball game. Okay. I guess we can start with the positives because why not? Who wants to start with the negatives? Life's too short. We're going to get to the negatives anyway. Uh, let's start with the positives though. Pitching. I I didn't think the pitching was that bad in this game. The Tampa Bay Rays are a good baseball team. This is a team that's going to win somewhere between 85 and 90 games, probably largely due to their pitching, but they have a, a, a certainly a good enough offense and some of the best hitters on the planet. Wander Franco is on this baseball team, right? Like that you have you have talent and you have a very solid playoff caliber offense uh, that you're going up against and a, and a playoff caliber team that you're going up against. And uh, and Wander Rodriguez ends the day with five and a third, three hits, three earned runs, two walks, and five Ks. Two of his three earned runs were uh, inherited. Well, not inherited. Uh, He got pulled with two men on base, and then Jason Foley allowed both runs. But those technically go to Erod, so he ends with three earned runs against. Um, To be honest with you, I thought he looked pretty good in this game. I thought he looked pretty solid. The sixth inning, the the velocity dipped, the inning which he got pulled. The velocity dipped for sure. The command fell off the table. That's all absolutely true. He's kind of all over the place and, and definitely not throwing as hard. Um, and the first time through the lineup, I thought the stuff was really good, 
but the command was just like a hair off. Like he was just like going really deep into counts and like almost a 20 pitch inning there in the first couple of innings. And I was like, ah, oh, like this is fine. Like we can live with this, you know, it's a hard contact, like a hard fly out. Randy Rosarena hit a hard fly ball to left field. But I was like, ah, oh, I don't feel comfortable. Like I'm not, I'm not comfy with this. This kind of looks like it's a bend, don't break type of situation. Then he gave up the home run through a fast or a cutter literally right down the middle, like like middle middle. Um, and Siri took it out to left field. And then after that home run, so that's their nine hitter. So it was second time through the lineup, right after the Siri Homer, all the way until then the sixth inning when it kind of fell apart for him. Everything in between that, he was absolutely stellar. Uh, the cutter looked great, really start to finish outside of the one really bad one to, to Siri. Uh, 44% CSW percentage on that pitch today. Aren't you glad we're back talking about CSW percentage? I know I am. Called strikes plus whiffs percentage, the percentage of called strikes and whiffs, of non-foul ball strikes that a pitcher has in a game. Uh, 44% on all cutters that he threw. Really, really solid stuff. That's a great sign. And I thought the changeup was really good when he started throwing it, I guess that's kind of captain obviously, but like he, he wasn't throwing it a whole lot. The first time through the lineup was kind of just relying on the cutter and the fastball. And then after the home run, second time through the lineup, Chad to change it up, right? Second time through the lineup, you have to do that. And he threw the change up a lot more from then on throughout the rest of the outing, to be honest with you. And I thought it was a really good pitch. It got quite a few whiffs, I think three whiffs in the outing from it. Um, it, it was, a, it, he sequenced it really well. It was a, a, a very, very effective pitch there after the first time through the lineup. Um, what else? I think that was kind of it. Like that's just that version of Erod there in the middle was, was peak. Like that was, that was a great performance. He was absolutely locked in and, 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 and he was pace was really good pitch clock. You kind of have to be, I guess now, but a really, really solid performance there after the home run and before the sixth inning. And yeah, I, I have really not a whole lot of complaints from it. Like he made one mistake and then in the six, I don't know if he got left out too long necessarily, but his pitch count was a little high and, and the, the command definitely like noticeably fell off the table there in the sixth inning. So, uh, I, I don't know if I, if I necessarily blame either party, like management for keeping him out there or him for the velocity starting to go like first deep start of the season, but um, definitely what was where the, the cliff was. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a, a fine outing. I thought the stuff was great. That'll play the rest of the year. Um, I'm pleased with what I saw from from uh, from Erod in this one. Jason Foley, second out of the pen. The bullpen I didn't think was that bad in this game either, right? Like, four nothing. You know, it's not like they got routed. They didn't give up 10. We didn't have to figure out where Cody Clemens was to come pitch the ninth inning. Like, this was this was a winnable ball game. The pitchers put our, us in a position to strike. It's just we'll get to the offense later. Um, I don't know who was calling pitches. I don't know if it was Eric Haas. I don't know if it was A.J. Hinch. I'm not sure who's responsible. But the pitch calling in the first at-bat was atrocious. I, I, I It's like indefensible. I don't know what happened. But I, I wholeheartedly disagree with the pitch calling in the first at-bat. So you have two men on base, okay? You bring in Jason Foley with – there was one out in the inning. With the full intent, everybody knows you're bringing in Jason Foley 
because you want a ground ball because you want a double play. Jason Foley, the sinker king, right? Threw a billion sinkers last year, is a ground ball king because of that. That's the whole point of throwing the sinker. He is a ground ball machine out of the bullpen. I love him as uh, the first reliever out of the pen. And as we talked about in his off in his season preview just a few weeks ago, he is the ideal dude to bring in with inherited runners, like with runners on base in the middle of an outing. He is the perfect candidate because he's a ground ball machine. Okay, so why on earth did we bring in Jason Foley and then like two of his first four pitches were sliders? That made zero sense to me. It aggravated me, as you can tell. The first pitch out of the pen was a slider, and I was like, okay, that maybe that was just like <laughs> to get the, the hitter out on the front foot because, you know, like you knew a sinker was coming. Maybe I'm going to start you off with a slider. And now, like, all the rest will be sinkers. But then he did it again a couple of pitches later, and that one got laced into the outfield and, and gave up a run. It was a hard-hit single. Like, I, I, I don't understand the logic there. The first, really confusing to me, really confusing to me. Um, It's just the reason you bring him in was to get a ground ball and then the pitch that utilizes that and makes that come to fruition, you don't want to throw. And then he didn't throw a slider the rest of the outing, the rest of the inning, I guess. He only threw two-thirds of an inning. Didn't throw a slider the the rest of it. It was just really odd to me, and I and I really did disagree with it. Um, the second run he gave up was kind of just like a BABIP, bad luck, like seeing eye ground ball single. I'm not too mad at any party for that one. That's just baseball. That's going to happen sometimes. But the first one was super avoidable. And then eventually you did get a ground ball, and you did get a double play. I don't know. I, it, I, I, I'd have to know the logic on that one because I, I don't see it. Okay, let's get into uh, the rest of – we have two more relievers to go over, and then we will talk about the offense, obviously, the big story in this game. But first, got to tell you all about our friends over at Game Time. There we go. Uh, look, baseball season is upon us, and there have been a lot of times in my adult life where I've been super stressed about getting tickets, especially at the last second. Now, with the Game Time app, it's no longer stressful. You can browse through the game time app and find a ton of really good deals, low prices very quickly, and they get sent to your phone immediately. It's so convenient, and it's a must-have for sports fans, honestly. Forget planning months in advance. You don't even need to anymore. They have deals on tickets up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy shows, theater, everything. Anything that involves tickets, this is your plug, okay? Uh, You can get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and as I said earlier, two taps, and you're all set. The tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress at game time download the game time app create an account use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off of your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem using the code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Lockdown Tigers. Get ready for baseball season with Lockdown MLB's ultimate six-episode season preview. You can check it out at Lockdown MLB. They do the the uh, each division, go through, have all the hosts of all the teams on for a division preview. Uh, if you missed the Tigers one, it's on this channel just earlier this week, so you can go see that, the AL Central preview with me on it, on uh, the rest of the hosts of the Lockdown Central, Lockdown AL Central. There you go. Okay, let's get back to this ball game. Tigers lose four to nothing down in Tampa on opening day. Um, finishing up the bullpen, Jason Shreve I thought looked great. Uh, lots of changeups, lots of sinkers, and those pitches have similar paths for him and very different velocities. So I liked that he was just continuing to try to tunnel those two pitches together. He had five whiffs in two strikeouts in just one inning of work. That is absolutely fantastic stuff. So we love it. Good job, Jason Shreve, somebody that was a non-roster invite and now is already has an, a zero ERA and one inning of work on the young season. So good for him. Lastly, Mason Ingler, the Rule 5 pick. Uh, one inning, one earned run. It was a solo homer. Uh, I think it was the first battery face. I think it was a welcome to the big leagues moment there. It was either the first or second, but I think it was the first battery face in his major league career. It was a homer, but then he recovered. Got out of it with just that being the uh, the only base runner uh, against, you know, he got hit really hard. Like, admittedly, like he he did get hit really, really hard. Um, a lot of 90 plus, 93 plus, 95 plus mile an hour exit velocities. Um, but I, I the situationally, I like kind of getting that out of the way early type of thing. Not that everybody in their debut has to get like get rocked, but just the the nerves of like your first major league baseball game. I'm okay with getting that out of the way when we were down three nothing heading into it was the bottom of the eighth, three nothing. And like, why not? I, I agree with putting him out there in that exact situation. And it could have gone a lot worse. So I'm glad he was able to recover and get out of there with only the one run against. Okay. So pitching overall, not bad. Like some Babip, the late home run. But it was a very, as I said earlier, a manageable and winnable ball game that the pitching put you in a position to be in. The offense, ha, 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 okay? Very much an ode to 2022. They really wanted to pay their respects to last season by getting shut out yet again. Um, I, again, I'm not doing the, the sky is falling thing. You're not, you're not going to find that here. Um, and, and I do think that this is not – not all shutouts are the same. <laughs> I don't want to, like, be a salesman here. I, I don't want to upsell you and try to make it sound like this was, like, a great performance. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that. There was a lot of uncompetitive at-bats in this game. But um, last – like, this wasn't Joe Ryan throwing 82 fastballs down the middle and having a – 84 pitch complete game like two hit shutout against the Tigers like it wasn't like it was nine innings of completely uncompetitive at bats and like a million strikeouts against and zero walks and just like a joke at the play where they looked lost okay that is what I'm gonna tell you Shane McClanahan is also insanely good this is an unbelievable pitcher one of the best lefties in the game of baseball that if he stays healthy and pitches the full season will certainly be in the Cy Young race. And 
you are a team that I have winning 74 games this year, and most people have winning less than me. I'm like the optimistic one at 74. Okay? So, given the situation, it's not like the most shocking thing in the world. It just really sucks that it had to be on opening day, and and it kind of had to, like, take the wind out of the sails. Okay, I understand the frustration. I really do. I'm frustrated as well. I want to score runs. I want to win baseball games. But they didn't get diced up by like a fifth starter and and, and it wasn't our 23rd shutout of the year. Okay, so let's give it some time. We got 161 more of these things. Let's see what happens against not Shane McClanahan before we jump to conclusions about the offense. I'm not basing this offense in 2023 off of what they do against Shane McClanahan or else really no one would have a very good offense. That's really what I'm trying to say. But this was not a great performance. Let's talk about individual performances in said game. Uh, Ryan Kreidler, I think, is who I want to start with just because there was kind of some brouhaha about like him getting the start at third. This is a lefty. Uh, it made sense to me. I'm not really sure why there was like some some huge shock. I guess... I could have talked about it earlier and and I I didn't see it coming because I didn't I wasn't thinking about ready lefty matchup on opening day but like once it was announced that was like not a very shocking thing yeah lefty they're going to go with Kreidler and then uh I think Zach Eflin is game 2 so maybe we see Nick Mayton later in the series we'll see I don't know they have they have a few pitchers that are still very good uh the Rays we'll talk about that a little bit later as well but um, you know, Kreider in his first two at bats, he looked completely just like overpowered and outmatched by McClanahan. But the third AB of this game, decent at bat, hit a ball, line drive to right field. We're thinking, oh my goodness, the Tigers are finally going to score some runs. And then boom, Miguel <laughs> Margot just lays out and uh, has an unbelievable Superman diving catch and ends the inning and the Tigers get shut out. So, uh, the only runs that had a chance of scoring in this game were due to a, the third at bat by Ryan Kreider there, but in the first two definitely looked, uh, pretty overpowered by an overpowering pitcher. Javi Baez single in a walk. Uh, I mean, we'll take it good start. He still swung at sliders in the opponent's batter's box at one point in the game. I think it was his third at bat third or fourth AB one of the last two, um, but was laying off the changeups to McClanahan that were low and away. And McClanahan kind of has like the his changeup not only is a vertical thing, it also moves in towards lefties and away towards righties. So I was glad to see that. He spit on a changeup in the dirt as well. I, I was glad to see that. But, you know, the, the slider thing did still happen. Uh, Torkelson, big talk. Everybody loves to debate about Torkelson all the time. He had four ground balls in this game. Three of them had exit velocities over 100 miles an hour. One was right up the middle. And if the infield was playing straight up, would have been a single, would have been a hit. But the Rays will be the Rays. And even though there is no shift, it's still the shift is just the amount of runners you can have on each side of second base. Doesn't say you can't move the second baseman to be almost playing up the middle still. And that's what happened. So Spencer Torgelson goes 0 for 4. A lot of hard hit balls. Still got to lift that ball brother you know gotta lift the ball we talked about that a lot in the spring he did it at one point in the spring and, and kind of mashed in the second half of spring training uh, so we'll see but hard hit balls I guess we'll take but we're, we need we need not grounders we need to lift the, the baseball a little bit there um 
I mean, I don't know. I go back and forth. There's some good to take out of this. There's some bad. There's a lot more bad offensively. There's a lot more good on the pitching side. But again, I, I, I want to reiterate that I don't think that this was like the worst offensive performance ever and that this is some indication of like guaranteed the next 161 are going to be awful again. Okay, so let's let's kind of talk about it in a more general sense. We'll do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel.com, FanDuel Sportsbook. Baseball season's here. March Madness tournament heating up. Uh, look, new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today and claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line, point spread, which team will be cutting down the nets in uh, in April, I guess, but in the March tourney. Uh, all of that on an app that's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. So breaking down this 4 to nothing loss, uh, the offense, we'll get to some of the good things that happened in the offense, which were not a lot, but um, like six hits in this game, but three of them were Austin Meadows, right? So between eight of your nine batters, you had three hits. That's obviously not great. I didn't think the approach was awful, though. Again, like it's not like these were all – like three pitch strikeouts and it was just good morning, good afternoon and good night for nine innings. And there was a lot worse offensive performances last year. I don't like comparing it to just like any of the shutouts from last season. And relatively speaking, like six strikeouts in six innings isn't like horrible against McClanahan. He's like a 10 and a half K per nine guy. It's not, it's not bad. Five base runners in five innings against him could definitely be better. There's just no power still. And that's something that is certainly not fixed and is not going to go away. And that this team still needs to address. Like you can, they had some base runners. They had some opportunities, but they couldn't string together multiple base runners, multiple hits in a row. And when you can't string together hits, you need to rely on the long ball. And this team just doesn't have very many home run threats on it. Okay. Um, 90 pitches in six innings for McClanahan again, like that's not super efficient. Rays pitchers aren't known for being like the CEOs of efficiency, I guess, but like, that's not some masterclass kind of deep run game, like masterclass efficiency type of outing. You did work some at bats. Again, the approach just wasn't awful. Um, but there was also just no real threats to score. You, you didn't have any real opportunities there. Couldn't string two hits together. Like I said, um, and it's a darn good pitcher over there. Miguel Cabrera had a very hard hit double in this one. Nice at bat. The only other managerial decision besides the Jason Foley thing we talked about earlier that I didn't really understand was uh, why. And somebody said it on Twitter too, but I like out loud, I'm, I'm asking, I'm like, okay, they're going to pinch run him, right? Like I was confused as to why he wasn't pinch ran for, uh, but it ended up not mattering because of the diving catch over there in right field by Margot. But uh, that that one was was interesting to me to get. Uh, I guess I don't know. Like his run wasn't like the game tying run or anything, or else maybe that's a different decision. But that one was was kind of. And then he had another at bat. I don't know. 
I went back and forth on it a lot, but I assumed that he would get pinch ran for and he didn't. And it ended up not really mattering. Like I said, Austin Meadows though, the big performance in this ball game, we finally get to the, the right spot offensively here at the end of the show, three hit day to start off his season. Um, I didn't think they were three incredible at bats or anything. I, you know, I, I didn't think they were masterclass ABs. It's not like he crushed the ball and, and they were off the wall or that they were, uh, he looked really good for the entire at bat or whatnot. But honestly, in the first two, I thought he kind of got overpowered by, by Shane uh, for the first few pitches, but really lifted the ball, got a double to the opposite field, lefty, lefty as well. Love to see that. We'll gladly take it. Great piece of hitting all around. And then the other two were just hard-hit ground balls. One of them was smoked, uh, but hard-hit ground balls. And that's something that we saw a lot in the spring. We saw a lot of hard-hit ground balls by Austin Meadows. My thing is, lift the baseball. It's something we have not only not seen so far this calendar year, we haven't seen since we acquired him. It's just all singles and stuff. So the double was a great sign. I'm very, very pleased with that. Um, and I'm not going to complain about a three-hit performance in a game that we get shut out, right? Like, good job, you showed up. Not very many other people did, okay? Three, we'll take it. Uh, I'm not trying to be bitter, uh, but I, I don't – I try to look past box score as well. And, like, they three for four, yes, absolutely great, but uh, kind of same old song and dance, just different results. So looking still very closely and intently on Austin Meadows going forward, Solid start, though. Like I said, we'll gladly take it. Um, kind of like overall observation of the offense, just in a general sense, that I think is going to be a reason. Not a reason. One of the things I am looking for in this offense the remainder of the year. Okay? Divide the lineup into thirds for me. Okay? Top three, middle three, bottom three. I expect the top three to produce runs. I know that... that you know, some of you are like, you're ridiculous. Let's actually score some runs first. I get it. Okay. I get it. I do expect that a top three of whether it's Veerling, Mayton, whatever. And then if Green and Baez are in that two of the top three for most of the season, I expect that trio to produce runs. The bottom three, I'm not really expecting to produce runs. The bottom three in this game was Miguel Cabrera, Jonathan Scope, and Ryan Kreidler. And Miggy got a double, which is great. But on a night-to-night basis, if that's a consistent bottom three, I don't think I'm going to go into like the bottom of the third where those three are due up and go, oh, yeah, like I'm going to expect a lot of offense here. Okay? So I think that the key for this offense is going to be the middle three in that lineup. In this game, it was Eric Haas, Austin Meadows and Spencer Torkelson, right? Uh, well, that wasn't the right order, but it was Haas, Torkelson, Meadows. Yeah, I think so. Whatever. Those were the three in the middle of the lineup. And I think that a large part of when you're deciding what the heights this offense can reach are is going to be contingent on the production from those three in the lineup on a night-to-night basis. That's kind of the 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 thought that I had while watching this ballgame. And again, it was a shutout nobody produced except Austin Meadows. But that, I think, with the way that this lineup is constructed right now, a lot of the question marks lie in the middle. 
We're pretty sure that the top is going to have some dudes in it that can produce. And we're pretty sure that the bottom third, there's going to be some nights, you know, I'm not saying they're going to bat zero, obviously. I'm sure that they'll they'll go on their heaters and whatnot throughout the year. But on a night-to-night basis, I, I really think that the middle third is going to be the key. If you can get solid production from the middle third of your lineup, you're talking about extending the threats to an inning and a half or two innings uh, through, that was a horrible way to word that, from three to six, a third to two thirds is a huge jump, obviously. So that's all I'm trying to say. That was like my big observation in this ball game when looking at the lineup, to be honest with you, despite the result where nobody did anything. Okay, cool. As far as the rest of the series goes, uh, I kind of want to do, I'm trying to figure out how I want to like set it up, but I, I want to find a way to talk about other teams while also still making it tiger centric. And so I think the way to do that is before every series, maybe like not every game. I don't think you need a preview of like the next game. That seems a little dramatic. Like it's different in hockey or basketball or football when when games are more scarce but like they're playing ball games every day but I think maybe a preview of a series ahead gives me a chance to talk about the pieces and the players that I like on the opposing team we're about to play talk a little bit around the league everybody plays everybody this year eventually we'll talk about every single team while also still relating it to how the Tigers what the Tigers need to do against that team right so I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to set it up still but I think maybe like a like a series preview before we go into every uh, every series this year might be a thing we we start doing this year. Okay, so we didn't do one obviously on opening day because we did kind of a season preview, but for the remainder of the weekend they play the Rays, and the biggest thing is this team can pitch. Like this team can pitch. Um, they have a very very good rotation. I don't know if we're – I'm assuming we're going to get Springs. I'm assuming we're getting Eflin. But, like, they have they have dogs. Um, Rasmussen is a dog. Like, they they can go out there and, and they have a lot of really good starting pitchers. And on top of that, they have an incredible bullpen every single year. They just have – what did Kevin Cash say? Like a, a stable of dudes that throw 100 or whatever when him and the Yankees were beefing. Like, that. that's still true years later. So – that is, it's somewhat of a tall task. And like the other thing is looking past this series, the first month and a half, you're playing a ton of playoff teams. Like the Tigers have a ridiculous April and first two weeks of May schedule. Ridiculous. So buckle up. It's going to be a ride. Uh, and I hope that we can just keep our heads above water. And then once we get through it, maybe go on a heater or something and and make some noise afterwards. But I, I don't want the third year in a row of the season is over by the first week of May. I really don't. So we'll see. As far as the Rays, like I said, a lot of good pitching. Offense is going to be tough. Like, we're not going to see McClanahan again, thank goodness. But that doesn't mean that you're not still going to see a bunch of dogs out there for the rest of the weekend. You're going to see a lot of really good pitching. Um, more opportunities, though, for sure. Not Shane McClanahan. Thank goodness. Um, and then offensively, you know, they manufacture runs. That's like their thing and always has been. Franco is obviously one of the best young hitters on the planet. He's going to do damage. Uh, Paredes is, you know, former Tiger. That's obviously a storyline to watch. But 
Um, the bottom of their lineup is never really good. So if you can just get through the thick of like the top with Diaz and, and Franco and whatnot and get past like the fifth hitter, it's somewhat smooth sailing after that. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Well, I think these are like winnable. Dare I say, I think they're winnable. I'll see you on Monday. Hopefully not 0-3. Knock on wood, winnable. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every single day. All righty, 0-1-1. Let's go win some ball games. It's only game one, people. It's game one of 162, and we face one of the best pitchers breathing. It's going to be I. It's going to be I. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.